Hi everyone, welcome back to the Gate of Heaven video diary and before we continue I want to wish you all a very happy Rizvan. So for any of you who are not familiar with this festival, Rizvan is an annual 12-day festival which is celebrated every year from April 21st to May 2nd to commemorate the, that 12-day that period in 1863 when, when the Bab's promise was fulfilled. This was the period when Baha'u'llah, who, who by that time had been exiled from his homeland, announced to, to his fellow followers of the Bab that he was the one who the Bab had promised, the one awaited by the religions of the world and, and who the Bab had referred to in, in his mother book, the Bayan, as him whom God will make manifest. And so even though in our journey through the Dawnbreakers uh, we're not quite there yet, and in fact uh, the declaration of Baha'u'llah is, uh, is a ways into the future and is, is in fact beyond the scope of the, the published version of the Dawnbreakers, I still wanted to, to release this, this new song at Rizvan. It's called He Is God. If you haven't heard it yet, it's, it's uh, below this video. The link is below this video. Uh, and I wanted to release this at Rezvan because this song has a very special connection with Rezvan. So, you know, Baha'u'llah and the Bab never actually met in person. But during his mission, the Bab wrote a number of letters which were formally addressed to him whom God will make manifest, even though at the time nobody knew who that was. And so nobody knew who these letters were ultimately addressed to. And the words of he is God actually come from one of the Bob's letters addressed to him whom God will make manifest. So I hope that uh, the song enriches your celebrations of Rizvan and I hope that you continue to enjoy the song throughout Rizvan and beyond. So uh, in the meantime, perhaps we can just backtrack a little bit and get back to that the point in the story that we had left off in, in, uh, in the last video where we had, we had looked at the conference of Badasht, this, this momentous gathering where the where the, the leading Babis had come together and they had they had categorically acknowledged that that the Bab had not come merely to reform existing religions, but that he had in fact come to really to, to recast the entire conception of what religion is, and that his message and the message of him whom God will make manifest were really to represent an entirely new and distinct chapter in, in, in the evolution of human consciousness. And of course, at, that, at the conference of Badasht, uh, Tahare had, had shocked her fellow Babis by appearing before them unveiled. And this act of Tahare, casting aside the veil from her face, this had not only profound societal implications, but it also had very, very deep symbolic implications, because Tahare's discarding of the veil from her face, and, and apparently Tahare was an extraordinarily beautiful woman, this act of, of, of revealing her beautiful face to all these people around her was, was almost like a, like a concrete expression of what the Bab had been doing all along on a very deep spiritual level from the beginning, through his writings, through the sheer power of his pen, the Bab had been had been tearing down those those inner veils, veils of, of superstition, of, of prejudice, of fanaticism, all of those things that, that for so long had stultified human development and had and had kept unexpressed that that potential spiritual beauty 
that, that the Bob said is enshrined in, deep down in the heart of every human being and which he, he referred to as the sign of God within us all. And so as the news of, of the, the conference of Badasht spread and particularly the news of, of, of Tahari removing the veil from her face, as you can imagine, this served really to, to uh, increase the enmity of those who were already opposed to the Bab's message. And after the Babis leave the conference of Badasht, they, uh, they're traveling across the countryside and they, they camp overnight in a little village called Niala, and the villagers rise up and attack them. And Baha'u'llah has described this episode. He says, we were all gathered in the village of Niala and were resting at the foot of a mountain, when at the hour of dawn, we were suddenly awakened by the stones which the people of the neighborhood were hurling upon us from the top of the mountain. The fierceness of their attack induced our companions to flee in terror and consternation. I clothed Caduce in my own garments and dispatched him to a place of safety. The violence with which we were assailed had brought desolation into our camp. Now, meanwhile, back in Tehran, Prime Minister Agassi, that inveterate enemy of the Bab, has managed to identify the, the, the most eminent followers of the Bab, people like Tahereh, Qudus, uh, Mullah Hussein. But beyond the letters of the living, he has also figured out that Baha'u'llah, uh, even though he seems to have no uh, official rank among the followers of the Bab, he is demonstrating what, what Agassi considers to be a very concerning capacity for leadership. And he, he sees that, that Baha'u'llah has, uh, has, has, been, has been really the, 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 the prime mover coordinating the, the Conference of Padasht, and that he also is taking strategic measures to, to protect the lives of his fellow Babis around Iran. And so Prime Minister Agassi now focuses all his energy on kindling the anger of the king, Muhammad Shah, against Baha'u'llah. He starts to, to feed the mind of the king with, with all these stories, gradually painting in, in the imagination of the king this really toxic picture of Baha'u'llah as this mischief maker and, and a dangerous enemy of the state. And at first, for some time, the king resists Agassi's influences because of the, the respect that he has for Baha'u'llah's father, Mirza Bazurg, who you might remember had been uh, one of the king's most outstanding ministers in the royal court. And, uh, but Agassi, he uses Baha'u'llah's involvement in the conference of Badasht as the perfect opportunity to just push the king over the edge. He somehow manages to to flick a switch in the mind of Muhammad Shah and he steps back and watches as the king falls headlong into his devices. He, he loses his temper and he orders not only the arrest but the death of Baha'u'llah. He says, I have hitherto refused to countenance whatever has been said against him. My indulgence 
has been actuated by my recognition of the services rendered to my country by his father. This time, however, I am determined to put him to death. So the king orders one of his officers to arrest Baha'u'llah. And this officer actually has a son who lives in Baha'u'llah's hometown of Nur. And so he, he, uh, he tells his son to carry out the arrest of Baha'u'llah and bring him to Tehran. But the officer's son is actually a very good friend of Baha'u'llah and he's terribly distressed by this burden that has been put on him. And Baha'u'llah perceives his distress and he reassures him. He, he tells him not to worry too much and, and to, to put his trust in God. And the next day, Baha'u'llah and the officer's son are walking together along the street in Nur and they see a horseman coming towards them from the direction of Tehran. And the horseman is shouting out, Muhammad Shah is dead, Muhammad Shah is dead. And with the death of the king, the decree for the execution of Baha'u'llah is made null and void. And so in the, in the coming videos, we're going we're gonna to see what happens after the passing of Muhammad Shah, when the crown prince ascends to the throne and becomes the new king of Iran. So thank you for watching. Uh, as usual, it would be great if you can give this video a thumbs up, uh, share it with your friends and subscribe to my YouTube channel. And uh, if, uh, if you want to support, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash lukeslot. And uh, in the meantime, I hope you enjoy He Is God. The link is below the video. And uh, I wish you a very, very happy Rizvan. I will see you soon. Bye.